We're back here on the Urology Care Podcast. Dr. Aaron Spitz, a urologist in Orange County, California, is our guest today. Where exactly in Orange County again? I'm in Laguna Beach. And we're talking about erectile dysfunction today. So I'm going to open up the discussion by simply asking, what is erectile dysfunction? Erectile dysfunction, or ED as it's commonly known, is technically the inability to initiate or maintain an erection satisfactory for sexual relations. An erection is a convergence of several complex systems in the body all working together. Primarily, though, it's blood flow. The penis is comprised of two elongated chambers that fill up with blood into tiny little blood vessels that are inside these chambers like a really fine little sponge. And the lining of these chambers are flexible but strong, kind of like the waistband of your underwear. And as the blood flows into these chambers, the chambers will expand somewhat, and then they can't expand anymore, but the pressure just keeps building up, and then they become rigid. And so an erection is a fully inflated, if you will, penis filled with blood that has been trapped in there and is creating these rigid chambers. The causes of erectile dysfunction are things that interfere with that process of the blood flowing into and filling up and being trapped in those chambers. One of the causes, the most common cause, in fact, is a problem with the blood vessels themselves, vascular disease, and that's usually related to cardiovascular disease. So the same problem that causes heart attacks and strokes causes erectile dysfunction, but it usually does it a lot sooner. The arteries that go into those chambers to fill them with blood are narrow, much narrower than the arteries in our heart or our brain. As cardiovascular disease sets in, as cholesterol plaques accumulate in our blood vessels and our blood vessels become stiffer and narrower with aging and as a result of the kind of diet we eat and whether or not we're exercising, as well as genetic predispositions to high cholesterol, uh, diabetes, a whole variety of factors that can affect and deteriorate our blood vessels. But as this progresses, those narrow blood vessels to the penis will start to become insufficient and the penis will not be able to fill with blood properly. And this typically happens a few years before it's bad enough to cause chest pain or a heart attack or even a stroke. Other causes of erectile dysfunction are neurological. There are nerves that have to trigger the blood to rush into those blood vessels and those nerves can be damaged. They can be damaged by diabetes, by a spinal cord injury, or by surgery on the pelvis, such as radical prostate surgery or radical rectal surgery, for example, or even radiation to those areas. There's also hormones that influence erections, such as testosterone. Testosterone is an important hormone that helps keep all the tissues of the penis supple and able to expand and fill with blood. And it's also the hormone that triggers the desire for sex, which ultimately then triggers that nerve signal. And if a person's testosterone level is insufficient, they can suffer from erectile dysfunction. And that could be the result of injury to the testicles, side effects from certain medications, or previous injury from chemotherapy or radiation to that area, say from a previous malignancy. So between hormones, nerves, and in particular blood vessels, a variety of factors can come into play that can cause erectile dysfunction. And then, of course, there's side effects of medications that might be necessary for other medical conditions. 
certain medications for high blood pressure are known to cause erectile dysfunction, such as hydrochlorothiazide or beta blockers. And there are other medications in other categories that can as well. How is erectile dysfunction diagnosed? Erectile dysfunction is diagnosed primarily by the patient coming in to the doctor and telling them that they're having trouble with their erections. Additional testing that can be done to help understand the underlying cause and help to target the treatment may include testing the testosterone level or other related hormones to rule out a problem with the hormone levels as a cause. It may also involve testing the blood flow to the penis directly with an ultrasound that can measure the flow into and out of the penis. But this is not very commonly done. Most of the time, it's by history, sometimes additional blood tests. And in a case of a patient who hasn't had any other sort of general checkup, where they're seeing the doctor for the first time because of this issue, then a more extensive workup looking for other contributing factors is important to look for things such as high blood pressure, diabetes, elevated cholesterol, and there are blood tests that go along with that workup as well. And how would you go about treating erectile dysfunction? Erectile dysfunction can be treated very straightforwardly in most cases. Pills such as Viagra, Cialis, Levitra, this class of medication is for the vast majority of patients very safe and is an effective treatment for most but not all of these patients. Only in cases where patients are also taking nitroglycerin are these medications really of any significant danger. Otherwise, they can be used very straightforwardly. So typically the treatment will start with use of one or another of these medications as prescribed by the doctor. But the other key to treatment is to look for underlying causes that can be reversed. So if there is poorly controlled diabetes or poorly controlled hypertension, treating or controlling these may improve erectile dysfunction. If a person's diet is very heavy in fats and animal products and their lifestyle is very sedentary, turning them towards a more plant-based diet and increasing their activity may also improve their erections. But these are more gradual remedies. There is a sizable percentage of the patient, however, patient population, however, for whom the pills are not effective. And there are still remedies for these individuals as well. Sometimes a medicine that is injected directly into the penis, which is more potent, can provide erections even when pills can't. Or the use of an external vacuum device, which is placed on the penis only for a couple of minutes to induce the erection and then removed, may allow the patient to have erections even if the injections and pills don't work. There are also urethral suppositories that can act like the injection or even a penile implant surgery. All these remedies are typically approached in a stepwise fashion, starting from least invasive and least complex to most. But any of these remedies can give very satisfactory erections and restore somebody's intimacy. Can you talk a little bit about how erectile dysfunction may be linked to more serious issues in the individual? Erectile dysfunction may be the earliest warning sign of life-threatening cardiovascular disease. And this is because an erection is really the result of healthy blood flow to the penis. And when you're having trouble with your erection, you may be having trouble with your blood flow in your penis, but not just in your penis, everywhere in your body. And the most critical places would, of course, be the heart and the brain. And so for men who typically don't see their doctor for decades and decades after their last sports physical, who then show up with erectile dysfunction, they may also be threatened by 
uncontrolled blood pressure, diabetes, atherosclerotic blood vessel disease, and possibly an impending heart attack or stroke. Do you have any advice for how the patient kind of doctor relationship and how that conversation should go um, when it comes to ED? So erectile dysfunction is a very important signal about a man's health, and it should not be swept under the rug. When a guy goes in to see their doctor, if they're suffering from erectile dysfunction, they need to bring it up, and they need to bring it up early in the conversation. All too many patients will wait until the interaction is over, and as I'm about to leave, or even at the door, they'll say, oh yeah, doc, there's one more thing, and I know what they're going to say. So I sit back down. But not every doctor will because they're on their way out. And maybe if you wait till they're on their way out, you don't really have to talk about it. But you do need to talk about it because it can be a matter of life and death. Besides, it's an important aspect of one's health and life and well-being anyway, even if it's not related to a life-threatening situation in that individual. So it's important to bring it up because there are good remedies. And even if your doctor can't remedy it, they can usually get you into the hands of a doctor that can so it should not be neglected. Now, if you want to find out more about it in the privacy of your own home, and more and more guys want to get this information privately first before they go in to see their doctor, there's a lot of great information out there, but one very good and reliable source is a book that I wrote called The Penis Book. And in this book, I cover all aspects of the penis, including erections, how they work normally, what causes them not to work normally, and an overview of all the different remedies. And this is good, reliable information. It's written in an easy to read and easy to understand and even an entertaining format and would be a great way for guys who are otherwise afraid or nervous uh, or unsure to bring this up, to get the information they need to then go into the doctor's office and be armed with all the right questions and all the insight to really get them you know, into care and, uh, and restore their intimacy. And that book is available on Amazon, or would you recommend people just Google searching, um, doing a Google search? Oh, yeah. No, the book is available on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble. It's available on Kindle. It's available as an Audible if you like to listen uh, rather than read. Um, And, uh, you know, it should should be immediately available if you type in The Penis Book and My Name, Aaron Spitz. Thank you, Dr. Spitz, for coming on our program today. Thanks for having me. It was was a real uh, privilege to be able to share this information. Thanks. This podcast has been brought to you by the Urology Care Foundation, the official foundation of the American Urological Association. For more information on today's topic and for all things urology health, visit urologyhealth.org. That's urologyhealth.org.